0: What's up everybody, it's your boy Michael, joined as always with Lincoln Cook, and welcome to another episode of the Left Hand Backhand. How's it going?
1: Welcome, welcome. We have some tournament to recap, some tournament to preview, and a little tournament for me this weekend that we're yeah. going to do, do a little talky talk about. Yeah.
0: So it, it the pro season is coming to an end, um, but we just Quite had literally. Yeah, we just had the last major of the year um that just went down USDGC, but we'll go over the kind of review of that, what happened uh for both well MPO was USDGC, FPO was Throw Pink Disc Golf Championship. I don't know the exact name, but um yeah. so same, same but different. And then we'll do a nice eagle. Yeah, little preview of the just called Pro Tour Finale, um, and then get it dive into your bag, your tournament coming up, and that will probably just round us out for the uh, for the for the episode today. Sound good? Let's do it. Perfect. Um, all right. So I have the results pulled up for MPO. Um, so spoiler alert, if you don't know, but Kyle Klein took it down, um, shooting twenty seven under. Uh, followed by, by Bradley Williams, Isaac Robinson, and Simon Lazat tied for third. Calvin and Joel tied for fifth. Nicholas Antela and Aaron Gossage tied for seventh, and then Eagle and Chris Clemens rounded out the top ten.
1: So, and Ricky Ozaki in eleventh. Yes. Here, here's my pick, so I had to shout him out. Yeah. Um, just looking at this, I didn't even like acknowledge that Nicholas. Antola was in the top ten, but right. he played well with this last year too. Like yeah. he does super, well. This
0: super quiet. Super quiet yeah, for sure. Very,
1: very quiet. Also Calvin kind of quietly in fifth place too.
0: Yeah. And I think I feel like Simon and Isaac were I mean they, they poured it on them that last round, but um yeah. they definitely were silent assassins, but it it was a one man kind of wrecking crew and show. Yeah, Cal-
1: he cruised his way to the finish, and like it was a one stroke victory, but he <laughs> he didn't he was a uh, four over par from holes twelve through eighteen, yeah, so he kind of just was like eh, yeah i got I got this all I gotta do is par and he did yeah. and shout out to him for playing fantastic all weekend mm-hmm. he was Solid. Uh, let's see looking back at it, he was minus nine minus nine minus four. And then minus five, and yeah. that minus four. There was a little more weather.
0: Yeah, a little in that, bit windier. That third round. Yeah,
1: yeah. More weather conditions, and then uh, that final round. He was, I mean, he went three over on the final hole, and yeah. bogeyed sixteen as well. So take away those four, and he's minus nine again.
0: Yeah. And if I, if I just do my cru- math, his wife. Yeah, correctly, which I probably did it wrong, after <laughs> hole eleven. I think he had an an eight or a nine stroke lead.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, nine stroke so, lead with seven holes left.
1: So he wasn't wired to wire in first place because well, he there was, was always up there, there was competition but yeah. he was I think lead card all four rounds.
0: Well, not the first. I don't think Sorry. he was yeah,
1: the, but after that um Yeah. So Second. like rounds that you can actually make lead card. I yep. think he was.
0: Yep. Yep, he was it,
1: but. Mm-hmm. Uh, another storyline in it is, oh, where did he finish out? Uh, oh my goodness, did he finish the tournament? Who? Uh, Colorado native. Why am I saying his name? Aaron Gossett. Uh, pants loud pants guy um, Joel, Joel Freeman Fre-
0: Joel Freeman yeah
1: did he finish I, I don't yeah see fifth.
0: Here. he touched on fifth
1: oh okay yeah, yeah. okay so <laughs> sorry about that Um, one of the storylines was Joel Freeman was first place through the first round. two rounds yeah. and then the third round he shot plus two the poor yeah. guy
2: yeah
1: and the fifth round uh, he finished minus five so not amazing that fifth round or the fourth round Yep. But he was solo first after two rounds and then shot over par in that third round as conditions picked up. So Yeah. Tough to tough to see him uh definitely not I don't want to say choke, but you know that he is going to have nightmares about that for the rest of the off season. Yeah. Like that. He was in first place after two rounds of the major and then just kinda of wet the bed.
0: It's one of those Yeah, like It's one of those things in disc golf where it's like like I think of disc golf of the old. When you had Paul or Rick in the lead, everyone was kind of just like, I'm going to fight for second. Whereas now, second through 15th on a leaderboard, they get to go out there with the motivation and they have the ability to. Like they have yeah. no pressure on them because they're not in first and they are just in attack and hunt mode and yep. they're able to like pull pull themselves back into it. Um and it's very, very hard to hold on to a lead from round one. Like yep. I don't I don't know if we've had a wire to wire this year. That'd be a really cool kind of like stat mando thing to look, but it's yeah. very hard to do nowadays.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. The skill level is just way deeper. And so no lead after two rounds is safe. But you know, Joel's just kicking himself for that. Yeah.
2: yeah. He played great though. Uh,
1: yeah. A couple of those storylines from the NPO before we jump into throw pink. Uh, I was able to watch round one live and they had in the box, they had the champ Ken Climo on yep. and that was I had so much fun just listening to him give his analysis. I was mm-hmm. like, they need to bring Klimo on for more tournaments like this because I heard the same thing from other people that I've talked to this week or that I've seen on social media. They were like, yeah, I love Ken Klymo's commentary. Like, it, yeah. it, for a tournament this historic and all of his experience there, yes, he has more insight than anybody else, but it was still just awesome to hear his insight about the game today and these players and just like, he knew these players games too. Like, I don't know. It was really he, he, yeah. It was he, entertaining.
0: He keeps up with the pro tour. Um, I don't know exactly how far back he's been keeping up with them, but yeah. he stays relevant. He watches it all. Um, I, I am kind of curious to like, to think this was maybe just a perfect storm for him to be successful. Um, end of the year we're kind of maybe tired of the same announcers and commentators that we've had for the entire season so like having a fresh voice was a positive thing I yeah mean, he he knows this course like the back of his hand the dudes won it five or six times um yeah. so like that helped a lot that he was so knowledgeable on the course and you do have to be able to um know the players themselves how their games are kind of what they're throwing and what they might be like going through and thinking. um, So I think everything was definitely tilted in his favor to be really good at commentating. He did a good job. He did a good job, but I, I don't know if I'm ready to be like, let's get him at every single event. He should be the main commentator week in and week out type of thing yet. You know what I'm saying?
1: I, I Yes. I agree. Not at every event, but some of the more historic events, for yeah. instance, MVP, and Maple Hill, I want to hear what he has to say there. Yeah. Like like uh worlds, totally. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I it was just it was refreshing, like you said, end of the season. So maybe we were kind of tired of not tired, but
0: Philo and Ian.
1: Ver- very used to Philo and Ian, And so having a change of pace was nice. But um but yeah, that was like one of the big storylines for me because the tournament was great, fun to watch, yeah, uh for sure. good competition, lots of good shots. Kind of some surprising players or players not playing as well as you might expect them to.
2: Yeah.
1: But that was like the biggest storyline that I wanted to bring up was was the champ champ on yeah. uh, on commentary. Thought that was yeah.
0: great. he did a great job for sure. Um. Okay. On to FPO. Let's see if I can back out of here and get to there.
1: I got it pulled up. I can go over. Cool. Uh, yeah. You scores. you go
0: over. Yeah. You go over yep. scores. So this
1: 10. is this is technically an X A tier. It's not a major for the women's. They yeah. have their major that we talked about the other week. Um, so this is just the pink women's disc golf championship is what it's called. So the women treat it more like a major than they even do the other uh, women's U.S. Open. Yeah. But uh, Holland Hanley took it down in a playoff over Christian Tatar. Uh, so Kristen finished in second and then Henna Blomroos and Evelina Solanen tied for third and Ella Hansen in solo fifth place. And then there's a teardrop after that. But yeah. uh, there are some storylines. I have some opinions. Yeah. Uh, I will turn I will turn it to you first and let you talk about this before I start shouting okay. out.
0: Um <laughs> that lead card final round, um they all were just kind of crumbling, throwing sloppy shots, not being as technical and sharp as they were the rest of the rounds. Um you could I mean the hen and Evelina, you know they are the best throwers of the disc week in and week out. But when it comes time when it comes to crunch time they just can't finish their putts. Um, so that's always gonna affect them. And then I think the biggest one is just after that is just like Kristen Tatar did not play her best and was is still at the top. I think her, yeah. her putting stats for the week were seventy three percent C one X. I don't have that pulled up exactly, but like uncharacteristically you- low.
1: Which is like good for the FPO field, but it's a little lower for Christian stats.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's not. There's necessarily the average for FPO, but they, it was, way low for her, and you're never gonna win. So, as much as, it's both. Holland went out there and took it, and but I also think Kristen kind of fumbled it, looking at the scorecard, looking at the scores um she did not go out there and win it herself and it's hard when your card mates are not pushing you to like play better i feel like
1: yeah well one of the big storylines is that holland won it from the chase card yeah she was a card in front of Kristen, henna and evelina i want to say it was holly ella missy and alexis So all discraft players on, except for Ella. Uh, No, Ella
0: Ella was on first on um. Lead card. Yeah. Okay, Uh, so it's
1: Holland, uh, Missy, Alexis, and
0: was it Silva? I don't know. Here, let's see. One, two, three, four. Holland, Missy, uh, Eliza, Elizra, mid lane. Okay. Yeah, the sixteen year old.
1: She she discraft too.
0: No, she's. I think she's kind of un. Free agent, yeah. She was okay, with cool. Lone Star, I heard. Um throws some of their their discs still, but um is kind of more of a free agent right now.
1: Gotcha. Um but yeah, so Holland wanted from Chase Card, which is awesome. Uh Kristen was six or seven strokes back or something like that, uh heading into the back nine. Of the round, so like Kristen was like out of the picture, yes. and like Henna and Evelina were like right up there with Holland, and yeah. the three of them were kind of pushing. And so Kristen made a late surge to, to she even, like she birdied eighteen, yeah, uh, to put it to a playoff with Holland. Uh, I have an issue with Holland's final score through the round because I think she misplayed eighteen and. Therefore, uh, she double bogeyed 18? No, she just bogeyed because they played as a par five. Yeah. Um, which they play a lot of pars different for FPO. That yeah. That's one of the things I noticed too, yeah. which it makes sense. And it makes their scoring look more similar to uh, MPO in terms of the number under par, um, but the total shots was obviously a lot higher. Yeah. But Holland went out of bounds on her tee shot on eighteen. And from the camera's point of view, which her card mates aren't able to see as well, but from the camera's point of view, it did not look like it ever crossed inbounds. And she played it as if it crossed right where it went out.
2: Yeah.
1: And pretty much only she would fully know if it did or did not cross. And I think she had friends on her card that just kind of said, yep. Great, wherever you think it went out, that's fine. And yeah. I think she took advantage of that. And I think that that is a dishonest way to win a, not a major, but a very big tournament.
0: Yeah. um, I've heard her talk about it twice now. I listened to the, um, what's the one with Terry Miller? Their podcast. I'm I can't remember the name of it, but, but Terry, yeah, I know Terry what you're about. yeah, Terry Miller, and uh, they interviewed her and they asked about it, and so did Brody and Paul Ulibarri on theirs. Um, they they just did the interview, um, and her answer is, I'm fine with it, and the in the rule book, the rule says, if it is not, the the benefit of the benefit goes to the player always of any rule. The ambiguity of the out of bounds line being a vertical like line above the OB line. And if you cross it in any way or time or shape, it counts as being in up there. And then it goes out of bounds in real time from far away without a correct spotter, without the card mates being able to officially say no and or yes, it is like the line is under part of the trees. She hit like if she hit on the far left side of the stump, like the center of the tree, and it was like five feet away, you couldn't tell. It was on the inside of the tree, close ish to the line. You had to slow the camera down to really say that it didn't go in at all. And for me, if you're the way that we play the sport is the benefit will always go to what is quickly seen. It's not you can't do. It's not the NFL where you have
1: no video you know, replay.
0: No video replays. It's not soccer where you have VAR to go check. Yeah, yeah. It is real time, instantaneous, instantaneous. Ask the card mates, and if there is no one. Two people on your card to clearly say no, it didn't. Then it's good.
1: So I agree with with all of that. My issue is with her saying because from the T yeah, she knows. And if I were her, I'd be watching that. I, I'm going to win it. Like a, not a major again. I, I just want to call a major. I'm gonna win a major, yeah. and I'm on the final hole. All I gotta do is throw this disc in bounds. And if I'm her, my stomach is sick. If I'm thinking, there's a chance I didn't go, I didn't cross in bounds. Yeah. And for her to not say anything to her card mates and say, I don't know, I might not have crossed in bounds. And to yeah. just walk up there and play it right where it was out of bounds, like it was like out of bounds, and she took it right there. She didn't like take it back at all. Because it didn't cross yeah. right where it landed, like we know that—that's a
2: fact. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Her cardmates can see that from where they were, and then for her to say, "I'm fine with it," like, yeah, I—I I understand. Benefit goes to the player, and I'm a player as well, and I want the benefit to go to me too. But putting myself in her shoes, I would have a hard time saying, "Yep, I crossed and bounced here, and be comfortable with that." I would say, guys, I'm not sure. I need your I need your opinion because I'm not 100% sure.
0: I think she did like, ask. Like, it wasn't like it was... No, oh, no she asked, I was she asked where.
1: She asked where. That's all she asked. Yeah. From the replay that I saw. But yeah. Uh, either way, because of that, and yeah, you know, everything happens differently. Yeah, you know, If you were to change the timeline and go back and she played it wrong and, you know, or played it correctly and re-teed. Who's to say that she doesn't get up and down from there and still take a bogey or whatever, because she threw out of bounds on her next shot?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she had two out-of-bounds strokes and then made a really good putt for par, or for bogey, which Mm -hmm. was kind of impressive. Um, And who's to say, you know, if, if Kristen sees her take a double bogey, that Kristen doesn't push for that birdie. You know, like, yeah. You can't you can't change the entirety of the timeline. I'm just still bothered by how it was misplayed and yeah. putting myself in her shoes. I'm like, I just it, it just gives me the ick.
0: Yeah. It's what it However, is she's
1: she still won in the playoff, Yeah. Which she still had to do. It was yep. the two whole playoffs. She still won the playoffs. So credit to her for playing well all weekend.
3: Yeah.
2: It's
1: just it's just that one moment makes me have a hard time being yeah happy for her.
0: Yeah, it's
1: so it's hard. I won't say I won't say anything more on it. Yeah. Had to had to had to get my opinions out there. But Yeah,
0: it's it it's a difficult situation, but I feel like every every competitor will always vie for an answer that helps themselves, but I don't think it's at a like with any ill intent, you I know,
1: mean, if you're gaining a competitive advantage, and it's blatant, that's where I think it's wrong.
0: Yeah, like obviously,
1: I obviously, I'm going to try to make the rule work for me the best way possible. Yeah, and I think that's what it's, happened it's, here. It's, yeah,
0: I. You know, like if right. that's it's not if it's not a hundred percent clear, the benefit goes to the player
1: yeah You're now bending if she, you're
0: bending the rule possibly, but you're not breaking it.
1: Yes. If if she were to have played it a little differently and gone to her card mates and said, "Hey, I'm not I'm not 100% sure if I cross him down." Like yeah. if she would have just been straight up and said that because there's if she's not 100% sure. Yeah. And she and she brings it up and her cards mates say, "You know, I'm not sure either." And they get up there and they say, "Oh, you know what? Based on kind of how it ended, I think maybe you crossed back here or whatever because it didn't cross where she took it. It she would have like taken it back a little ways or whatever it is. You know, if she would yeah. have worked with her card before they actually got there because she didn't talk to her card about it until they were up there. Yeah. Then, I uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I'll be done. But good <laughs> job tough. winning yeah. an eight here
0: yeah her first pro tour win <laughs>
1: that's that's what i'm gonna say just good job winning an eight here
0: yeah so <laughs> um cool and uh, we have the final tournament so that's it for yeah. usdgc Winthrop. That's it. hopefully it's Went not through. the last time we see it there
1: And and but. hopefully hopefully we freaking go next year man because yeah it was the atmosphere there is Electric. If you have the opportunity to go to Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is right on that Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, to the South Carolina border, it's right there. Go. No, it's.
2: Yeah. Apparently, That's it's funny. been
1: getting better and better every year too. So.
0: Yeah. And then. But moving have...
1: into moving into North Carolina now. Yes. We have the disc golf pro tour championship presented by. Barbecue. Yeah. Looks like you and I might need a little barbasol action here.
0: I do need some. I've actually, so I, I haven't like razor shaved my face in eight nine years, like since college, because it always just like leaves it irritated. I'm sure barbasol would help, but I've always wanted to try the um, like the straight blade. The one blade. Yeah, which is a little bit sketchier, maybe around the throat area, but. Everything yeah. else would make it, I feel like a Schweeney lot nicer. Todd. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So.
1: Well, how about this? It's presented by Barbasol. If you or I pick the winner, the other person has to go buy a straight blade and Barbasol and shave their face.
0: Yeah. Deal? Know how, yeah, that sounds like a deal. So we'll All pick, right, let's do it. pick five.
1: Now we'll just do. There's only, there's one, only 25. One, yeah, we'll just do one pick each. Okay. Um, okay, talking about this tournament just a little bit, because there's not a crazy amount to preview, but talking about the format of the tournament. Uh, all season long the Pro Tour has been playing for points at turn at these tournaments. Uh, Silver Series, I believe, count as well in terms of points. So you get more points that better you
2: three place. Of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you get more points there you place in the tournament and it plays towards seeding. So like a bracket sort of seeding into this tournament so uh if you want to run us through the top five and then the bottom five because there's only 25 players in the tournament is that right or yeah 20,
0: 25 um MPO and 13 FPO yeah, um so, so everyone's gonna get everyone's getting paid they they made it here they they get paid I thought MPO had oh they're tied for 25th so yeah, I, think that, I think there's, there's, there's thirty two.
1: Yeah. Yep. And um, if you win a major, you are guaranteed a a seating at this tournament. But anyways, the better you do, yep, the more strokes under par you start off the tournament.
0: Yes. Um and
1: And, and then it moves bracket style until it's a final four or final. No, four.
0: no, it's it's different. So I I I can go over. I got it up here. So Okay. It'll start with a stroke advantage for how you finished on the pro tour. So Calvin Heinberg won the points total. He yep. is six so he's down. Our
1: pro tour. He's our pro tour champion. Yep. He's our, already he's our at points champion. Yes.
0: Yeah. So he's at negative six. Um, Isaac Robison finished second. He's going to be one stroke behind him at five down. Mm-hmm. And then there are two people at four down, Ricky and Gannon. There are four people at three down. There are a slew of people at nine, at two down and then eight more people at one down. And then I think eight more people at even. So the, the, the biggest margin he has is six strokes on the nearest competitor. Um, for some that's really hard to make up for others. That's, that's not a lot, um, but it, it gives you a bigger chance to move on to the final, and the, so these scores will go for two rounds. They're starting at six down through even. They play two rounds. The top, I'm not exactly sure how many go on, but I, I want to
1: say it gets cut. It gets cut in half because there's the yeah. The round one semis, round two semis, and then a reset. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, round one finals, round two finals. So it's four rounds.
0: It is, so but there's I don't a, think
1: there's a cut halfway through.
0: There's a cut halfway through, but then I don't think there's a cut for the finals round two. So it's essentially two yes, two I, round tournaments. I believe that's correct. I think it's two two round tournaments. So they have the yeah, score advantage.
1: There's a, there's a reset of yeah. of scores.
0: Yeah, there's a the. First two rounds have the score separation and then the last two rounds whoever advances I don't know if it's 12, 16 or 8 players. Yeah. will be reset back to even and you have two rounds to duke it out. So that's yep. that's all that is.
1: Yeah. So it's 16 FPO, 32 MPO and yeah. may the best player with the best advantages, win.
2: Yeah. Huh? I
1: didn't get that. Oh nope, Jerry, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Um. Okay. There's kind of some obvious players that have the best odds to win, but I will give you the floor to make the first pick. Okay. Or, we'll do. We'll do our uh, player we want to win and our player we think we're, is going to win.
0: Okay, so we kind of get two choices, two chances. Um. Okay. For the MPO, I think the person that is going to win is going to be Kyle Klein.
1: Wow. Okay, I and thought it, I was leaving you the the low hanging fruit.
0: No, I just I feel like this is a different game than normal um and then the person i want to win is going to be you know what let's just no he, mm, i'm trying to think of like <laughs> what what nevin i think the person i want like that i want is going to be simon
1: yeah uh
0: it's kind of easy but i don't
1: I don't think anybody could disagree with wanting simon to win that was my pick last week and he finished tied for third third yeah. yeah so um i thought the low-hanging fruit was isaac robinson it,
0: it is but
1: the, but the player i'm going to pick to win he finished second place in this last year behind ricky he did, he did. and it's the same course right
2: yep yep yeah.
1: uh which is nevins park in yep. charlotte area mm-hmm. um but, but the player i'm going to pick is gannon burr
0: that's I I like I was interested in him, yeah for Some, sure.
1: Something about it just feels like he wants it really bad. Yeah. So I don't know. That's yeah. That's my that's my pick. Who I think is going to win, and the player that I want to win. Uh, oddly enough, I want Ezra Robinson to win it. Yeah, I don't know why. Just that's what I'm feeling right now. Like I want him to. I I kinda want it to come down to him and his brother and that, that and, would be sick. That would be so cool, right? Yeah,
0: that would be really cool.
1: Yeah. So I think that's kind of fun. Um and then FPO. <laughs> I mean it's uh, Mine
0: will be different. I I I don't think Kristen, Kristen Tatar will win.
1: Kristen's obviously the favorite, but we're gonna pick non Christian players.
0: I, I I don't think she's gonna win. So okay. mine I think Ella's gonna win.
1: Wow. Okay, interesting. Um, I think Haley King is yep. going to... Play. She's a very... Yeah,
0: she's... So with, with my thinking with these picks is the guys yep. at the top are at the top because they have been the most consistent throughout the year. Yep. This tournament has nothing to do with consistency. You have to just go...
1: Has want. you? You have to want this more than the player in front of you.
0: You just have to do, just go balls to the walls and attack, attack, attack and get birdies to advance to the final rounds. And then guess what? You start at zero. You have two rounds to shoot the hottest scores.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not going to be the person who plays good golf all four rounds because it gets reset. Yeah. So it's someone who is streaky. I think that Haley is really streaky. I've seen yeah. Ella really streaky. Kristen Tarr has been always the most consistent, but she's never been kind of like the hottest on the front foot every single round. Um, yep. So that's uh, why I picked. I just...
1: Yeah, same. Because it's it's two rounds and then it's reset. So like yeah. you got to make it through two rounds, and I think both of our picks will easily make it through two rounds, and then it's getting hot those final two rounds. So,
2: yeah.
1: yep. um Oddly enough, our picks are tied in, in the same starting both. position. I know, yeah. At, tied for fifth. Along with Katrina Allen, which is just baffling to me, but that's uh, yeah, goes with Katrina Allen. Um, who's in or an FPO player that you would like to see win?
0: I'd say own, just be kind of be rewarded for her consistency throughout the year. Um, you know, she's never going to be fully out of it i don't know if she has the ability to put the pedal to the metal when it comes down to it but maybe she'll be consistent and everyone around her will will kind of teeter but i think owen would be kind of cool to win
1: yeah yeah uh a little bit of me wants to pick Kristen because she won all the majors and so having her win the pro tour championship as well just is like it's like bowling a strike yeah she hit all she knocked all the pins down except for yeah. Uh, but the other player that I would love to see do really well is Stacey Ronsley.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be awesome for her. But yeah, if Kristen wins, and because she already set a single season record for like first winnings in a year, and then to add 40,000 on top of that would just be like mind boggling. And no one's catching that for at least like two or three years. So yeah, everyone's making a lot of money, but it'd be cool.
1: Okay. Well, that's the, that's the recap and preview on the pro scale. Yes. Moving to kind of a semi-dealer's choice, talking about my tournament this week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm playing a, the Mile High Classic, which is an annual tournament held at Barringer, which is a course that you and I both very much enjoy Mm -hmm. uh, out in Littleton, Colorado. And this course is not the most challenging, most technical course ever, but no. there's a lot of out of bounds,
3: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of bogey strokes that can be taken, and a lot of birdies uh, available yes. for the taking as well. Uh, the name of this game is Keep It In Bounds and Make Your Putts, which is yeah. very common in most uh, tournaments in general, but especially in Colorado. Uh, it's going to be pretty cold. Okay. I want to say it's like a high of like 50. And we're starting at 830, so it's going to be like 35 degrees when we start. So uh, important to warm up, Mm -hmm. emphasis on the warm and also warming up your arm. Uh, And then there's also a high chance of wind at this course because it's kind of open and on the side of a hill.
2: Yeah, Um, very.
1: So knowing that, uh, I went out and played a practice round there today. To kind of dial in my distances, figure out what what discs I want to throw, what I want in my bag, uh, game plan. Because really, the type of player that I am, I'm pretty balanced forehand and backhand, I would say. And my yeah. distance for yeah. both is kind of balanced as well. Like, I throw the same distance forehand as I do backhand, pretty much. Yep. Uh, and coming to a course like this, like, okay, well, the safe play is this the aggressive play is this, like, Mm -hmm. where do you want to balance that, you know, walking that line? Yeah. And so that was kind of what my round was today was like, all right, what's the highest percentage shot? What's the, what's my miss? What's my safe play and figuring out which of those it is. Cause if I'm in a tournament and I'm like, Oh, well, do I want to go backhand this or forehand this? And, you know, you can kind of just lose track of, a game plan. If you're yeah. not, if you're wishy washy on every tee, and that's the last thing I want to be because I don't need paralysis by analysis.
0: For sure. Yep.
1: So I went and played practice round today uh, and felt pretty good. I played well and I uh, missed a few putts and I also uh, changed. I played my first shot and first score, yeah. Then played the uh, better play. And I shared my notes with you. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you have any thoughts based on the notes that I've shared.
0: Um, I just I have them here. The only note like I like to make when I go kind of to that course or just when a course, if it has wind, is to always kind of leave myself wherever you have a tailwind putt. Most of the, Or if you're more comfortable with a headwind putt, like – leave it so that whatever putt with the wind is, like, that's where your miss is. Yeah. So I, th- I think of, like, a hole one, if there's a tailwind on that one, like, you're, you say your miss is long in your notes, it's like, maybe don't go long. Come up, like, this down to your escape. Come up, land in the bush or tree that's 25 feet away and have a nice tailwind putt. You can go at it instead of a little bit of a downhill uh like headwind putt um yeah so just that's what i like to think of is like putting the disc where the putt will give me the most success um and then i feel like for some of those holes where the like i think of hole 3 and i think it is hole 10 like where those ob lines are on the basket do they move move hole 10 or no is it still a foot away from the O B line?
1: Um hole ten yes, whole ten is it's right it's there. Foot, yeah. yeah.
0: So like for that, it's like the OB line is so close to the basket that you you don't necessarily need to give it an ace run, because then it's for sure. But it's like don't be so afraid of skipping out of bounds.
1: I believe if like, you go out of bounds you go to the drop zone.
0: Oh, it's a drop zone? Yeah. Even if you land in? Correct. Okay. I'm or even, if the, even uh, if you if you if you skip.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the caddy book. OB okay. Dish and Beyond Defined by Flags. Uh normally it's played to the drop zone. I will confirm with Kyle.
2: Okay. Uh, so if it's not, uh, yeah,
1: yeah normal if if there's a designated drop zone and you got a down normally you go straight to the drop zone. But okay. not every hole has the drop zone. Okay. Uh, there are no notes about drop zones on here, so I okay. will confirm and let yeah. you know.
0: But... I do. I do know they have that drop zone, but it's like leaving yourself a twenty-five foot putt because you are afraid of the out of bounds. You're just going to be laying up that next one, yeah. anyways. Whereas if you like try park it and you accidentally skip out, guess what? You have a five foot putt like coming back. Tab- you know, like that's, tab- a par. Par. that's a par. As a par, like you're getting a par either way. Um, and then I also think of like hole three doing that same thing, the out of bound, like don't just do a high skipping shot, come right over the basket, like skip off that road. And if you land in, it's great. And if it skips out on the other side, like you have a five foot putt for par. Yeah. Like don't be try like perfect with it.
1: The one thing I did learn on hole three today was to go, FD three, because you don't need a ton of distance off the tee on that one. It's only five hundred and ten feet. Yeah. So if you throw a three hundred and thirty foot to three hundred and fifty foot yeah tee shot and land in the center of the fairway, like you're yeah. adding an extra thirty feet on your approach shot, and I'm just going to be throwing a forehand chip shot, playing it out over the road and letting it fade in. Yeah. And if I skip left and all a tap in par exactly and if not, I have a ten foot birdie putt. Yep. So yep. going going shorter off the tee was something I learned today on that hole. Um hole four is in the short location. So that one's yeah, just, just straight, straight up a, straight up the a, hill. A chip chip shot. Yeah. Hole is in the short location, thankfully. Hole sevens in the long with to the be left. right behind it. To the left, yeah, right? Long yeah. long to the left.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um,
1: and I threw a night like a eighty five to ninety percent forehand shot on my second throw and left myself like thirty feet. Yeah. And in a tournament, if I have the ability to run that fight I'm most likely gonna run the butt because I just how I like to play. Um but I did learn that I can give it a little more juice and a little more annie to get that drive. extra distance. Yep. Yeah. Instead of being nervous about it going out of bounds. Like if I go out down bounds long, that's awesome because I'll yeah. just have a short, all of a short putt for
0: birdie. Pound. Oh, that's par uh, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Par three. Yep. So that was another thing I learned: was like, don't be afraid to go long on that hole. Don't try yeah. to just play it short and play it soft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, hole twelve is a hole that I always struggle with. It's the one that's up on the mound. Yeah. It, I'm surprised you very... don't do
0: forehand on that one.
1: Really? Do because there's and like
0: you don't even try skip it up. There's like that slightly flatter part on that right side that's below the mount The mound, There's like
1: it's sk- it.
0: Th- they got it's, rid of it?
1: it. It it drops straight down.
0: Oh, I the min- thought there was the an the open.
1: That one outside. to me is short. If you're short, there's a little like, like it slim. Slants up and then it kind of flattens out a little bit and then it goes back up before the basket. So the only time I'm ever running that putt is if I'm up on that mound. So I'm yeah. just trying to throw straight into that mound and letting it kind of skip up. But even even then, a layup on that hole is not guaranteed. Oh no! So it's like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a tricky little shot, but that's one that I'm a little nervous on. I birdied it last year first round and then second round I double bogeyed it. So like,
0: yeah. Okay. That one, it's hard. It's like, it's so hard to go for because one little miss and it's a hundred percent rolling away to thirty feet and you have a tough layup. So it's like, if you're not within 15, 20 feet, just lay yeah. it up and get out of there with a par. Because yeah. I think you'll end up be take you'll take strokes on a on the on the, like.
1: You're not losing strokes at the par.
0: Yeah, for sure. So
1: uh then hole thirteen is the island hole. Yeah. Uh today I went first I went S line F D three forehand and parked it five feet. Yep. And then I went backhand Maverick, Kaiser flipped through the gap and it turned, and then I was like ten to twelve feet past it. Nice. And so both were just like I was like, this is so fun to throw the backhand but the safe play is the forehand where you yeah. can trust the stability of the disc to fight and that, out of it
0: and that's where like if there is wind to like pick the right disc to counteract wherever the wind is coming from yeah so, so like
1: I'm gonna be making I have my like game plan but then I'll make adjustments based on the wind and like yeah, you said I think conditions. it's a really good point to miss or not miss, but try to finish so you have a tailwind putt
0: yeah But yeah. Other than that, everything is good. Where's sixteen? Is it just kind of straight down there, or is it off to the like right around that last Mando tree? Or, um, like...
1: so there's an early Mando, and yeah. then the this that the big, big tree. giant tree, yeah. and the basket is often to the left of that tree. Um, it's another forty feet back into the right.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've had it. I've had it there. And so, yeah.
1: So what I learned today in terms when I played it was I could go straight with the fairway and leave myself a jump putt for a tap in par. but the ditch is not out of bounds. Okay. So there's, there's no out of bounds, right. As long as you make the mando. So I'm just going to take something over stable fairway. And Throw it over I, all the I, I went, I went warbird and I was like 35 long and I was in the ditch long. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to take FT3, Colorado FT3, and flex that to get. Uh, that was another hole where I was like, "Yep, I know the right play now that I've practiced it." And then also hole 18, the basket is in the same position as always, but the ditch is not out of bounds. Yeah,
0: I've I've never played with it out of bounds. I, I think I played oh, one. Really? Tournament. Yeah, I've, I've played one tournament and it's never been out of bounds on that hole. It always has I heard, like I it was of it it. out
1: of bounds. And then if you crossed it, it was also out of bounds. Hmm. So it like, forced you to go on the left side. Um, I am curious your thoughts as to uh, where you would rather be. Like, would you rather be short, left, long, right? Like, where, where do you think is a better putt to have the highest chance for birdie?
0: Probably long and right. If I'm, that's what I was thinking, that's what if I, I was remember, because it. it's like it's, it match it's match. more, it's more flat, and then like your miss is back onto flat ground, slightly uphill. Yeah. Instead Yeah. If you miss it okay. short left, it's just like it's slightly downhill, and everything's still falling away from you, and then your next putt will be from in the creek. So.
1: Yeah, I agree. I went backhand sword first throw, and I just turfed it, threw it too low. And then my second throw I went forehand cloud breaker and parked it. Yeah. And it's like it's like 390. It's pretty long.
0: Yeah. It's a it's but a good bump. But...
1: Got a good rip on it. Cool. Um, so with that being said, wanted to move to what I'm bagging for the tournament. Yes. And in the bag, a baby. Of is a little surprised. So moving to in the bag. And then I also have some questions as to what you've been bagging because I know there's there's a mystery disc that you
0: I got
1: five. With this five mystery discs. They're not, they're,
0: not in my, they're not in my bag, but
1: yeah. I got right. five that's, to that's, show. What, that's what the in the bag section is all about. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm putting with my links. I am to my purple back to my purple links for fun. I got a soft and a hard one, soft mm-hmm. one for longer jump putts and sitting by the basket a little better. And then the hard one for my circle putts, just jamming it in there. Although if it's cold, I might just be putting with the soft so, on the entire yeah, time. That makes sense. Yeah um i have got an old trusty disc back in the bag i got a, a this is a 2021 ricky color glow pro pig uh the airplane pig is purple and it's very flat and i threw it today for the first time in a while and i was like that gum i missed this disc like yep i wanted the copperhead to be like this disc but it just was not, not it was it's Coverage a disc. Not, yeah. not saying anything like that, but it's just not as stable as this. You can't put it on the flex line and have it no. come out or whatever. No. Like I was throwing spike forehands. I was throwing straight forehands to fade, and I was throwing little flex shots. Just touch. It's awesome. Missed it. glad I have it back to back. Got an inner core. Got a Lux link for if the wind picks up and I don't want to throw the inner core. Mm-hmm. I can throw my Lux link. And then I've got a, an ESP zone, which I throw back end when I don't want to throw the pig. Because I prefer to throw the pig forehand and the zone backhand and yeah. forehand. Nice. Um, got my two dunes like always, and then my fairways. I've got a seven-speed, nine-speed, and twelve-speed backhand disc. So one that's like a little straighter, and one that has a little more bite to it. With both of these,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so I've got the I've got a Maverick and an FD in the. 7-speed. The FD is a little straighter. The Maverick is it's the Fusion X one, but it's it's flippy, dude. It's so nice. fun to throw. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then I've got the Escape, a Fusion Burst Escape and a Biofusion Escape. And then I've got the Orbit Sword and the VIP Sword. So in nice. that 7, 9, 12, I've got the two discs that I'm throwing primarily backhand only and both of those are um, are like for a straighter shot or one with if there's a little more wind and being able to yeah. adjust and throw the same shot. Uh, and then for my forehand only discs, I've got an FD1 if I don't want to have to juice a zone yeah, just in case because the FD1...
0: You kind of use uh, it as like your mid-range, for, like a forehand mid-range distance shot to an extent, right? Yeah, like I could go FD3,
1: but it's like if I don't want to power down on the FD3, I'll throw the FD1. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of in there just in case. I don't think I'll throw it. I didn't have a situation where I needed to throw it today. I didn't bag it today, but I I didn't have a situation where I felt like I needed to throw it. Uh, And then I've got the S-Line FD3, which I threw a lot today, and it's a fantastic disc. Nice. And then I've got the new uh Discmania Open Color Glow FD3s, which are just straight beef boys.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then, oh, and I also have the uh Innova Color Glow FD3. Nice. So my my forehand <laughs> slot, I've got the Color Glow FD3, S Line FD3, and the new Color Glow FD3. Yeah. So I've got that that straighter one the straighter pushing, but still a lot of bite and then the super overstable one. Yep. And I've got yep. the same thing in my distance driver slot, which I'm very excited about. So in the distance driver 12 speed slot, I've got the, uh, horizon Cloudbreaker, the purple one, mm-hmm. and it's like the color go FD three, where it goes very straight. And then it still has stability at the end of it. I can, I can turn it more if I want to try to push more distance, but I have to be careful to not overturn it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got the Warbird, which is a lot more overstable. I have to push that good amount still. Yeah. And then I've got the Rask. Nice. And it's back. It's back, baby. And I did confirm it. Uh, so I gave my buddy Matt my other Rask. We made a trade. And the Z Rask, the Z version, as they call it, yeah. is definitely more overstable. And we we screwed up USM's not bagging that one because we thought it would be harder to find the purple than it would be to find the blue. Yeah. But the purple one's just beef boy, but it's back, baby.
0: Nice. Perfect.
1: And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So I think, I don't think there's a shot that I can't cover with it. Like I could have a more understable distance driver to throw backhand, but that at, course, that point, yeah. at that point, it's not technical enough. There's not wooded lines where I need that, like, no. late flipping, whatever. I would just throw the Maverick if I ever needed that
0: shot. Yeah, And that, that's what is, like, what I learned when I was out in Denver was, like, just trust your overstable discs, and you yeah. have to learn to throw lefty, like, you have to throw backhand and forehand because you're going to face elements. And you just have to – the the fairways are always open enough for the most part to just, like, work a disc one way, or if the wind's going that way, you can turn the other way. Like, there's nothing that is long tunnel with a slight finish to an understable side, um, which is the one downfall on Colorado disc golf, but it makes <laughs> yeah. you learn a lot of other stuff. So it's a, it's a good power golfer – like destination
1: yeah so it's not as, like i almost don't like doing i don't like play that way during a normal round or a practice round but in preparation for a tournament or tags or something like that where like you want to put out your best score yeah it's the most reliable shot so it's yeah. like why would you not do that
0: yeah i'm always going to practice my straight hyzer flit to perfectly dead straight finishing disc yeah. But when it comes time to, um, to, like, crunch time, I want something that I can throw on Annie and tight little flex and land straight in front of me. Like, that's what I'm going to do all the time, um, unfortunately.
1: Oh. Okay. Well, that's my bag, and that's my tournament. I'll report back next week how I did. Perfect. To, uh, to do all right. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you, however, have some new discs that you picked up from the store. And you also sent me a video of a disc, and I was like, "Hey, what's that disc? And you said, "It's a surprise,
0: yeah. yeah, um so I went to the store and I got myself the the new Berg X um I got two of them, so I've been loving throwing that it's it's overstable, but like it's still like it's just good, you know. I feel like I wouldn't mind having a regular Berg. I think that would give me a little bit of more of the shot that I'm looking for, but my ability to trust the Berg X and being a little bit more loose with my angles of release will will help. Um, And I can throw it backhand and forehand, so if I need a disc to move a different way, I can do that. But it is super nice to just approach a shot and not have to kind of dial down on it to get that distance control and know that the disc is just going to do that for me um
1: does it give you your old caltrop vibes a little bit
0: kind of like, i know it doesn't yes. feel the
1: same but like do you feel like you're kind of throwing it for those same types of shots or no
0: i i am i'm throwing it for those same types of shots but since i've gotten better i'm able to throw- I'll chop farther whereas this one yeah. like doesn't go farther so like it, it is exactly what it's, i'm wanting
1: itself it. it's like it's got a governor on it
0: yes it is a yeah. you're only throwing it at max 210 feet forehand or backhand so yeah. just pick your range and throw your line and it's only going to go that far so like it's really awesome for for those things um I also picked up a Glow Reco, and it is phenomenal. It is such a fun disc. It feels super comfortable in the hand, flat top, small bead on it, but the flight that I'm getting from it is super controllable, um, torque-resistant, dead straight, with a very gentle fade um, coming back at the end. So not much turn out of it unless I put it on there. Um, but just that kind of controllable yeah. driving putter that I've been looking for for a long time. I've I've gone through a lot of them. Um,
1: you have indeed tested out quite a few.
0: <laughs> like I went Envy Proxy. I did Pure. Well, I haven't done Pure like completely yet, but Encore. Yeah. Like I I've done so many of those driving putters, um, and I'm really happy with this one. So we'll we'll see how long. The honeymoon phase lasts, but Yeah. It, it's it's too tempting to try new things, but I'm liking it. So I think I might stick cool. with it for an off season.
1: It's what we do on the pot, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and you also have talked about wanting to potentially putt with the reco, correct?
0: Yeah. I mean I like a beaded putter. Um I've I've always wanted kind of that throwing putter in a premium plastic, and I have a baseline putter of the same variety something yep. about just like having the same hand feel subconscious confidence in your disc yep. choice and selection um and being able to have that straighter more overstable premium plastic one that does a lot of shots like it's very neutral so like if yeah. i throw it on Annie, yeah throw it on Annie, it'll do that throw it on Heiser, it'll hold that straight it can do that um and then if you have your putting putter, guess what? You already have a baseline, more understable version if, yes. if you need to throw it.
1: So, sorry to interject. Speaking no, of, of which, uh, my soft link, I've been throwing that one a bit, yeah. the yeah. soft purple one, just because I was like, I don't want to throw my main one that I've been putting with. I don't want to think it up too much. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll I don't know, throw the soft one. And so it's, it's gotten a little bit more wear- and usage in it and so it's become a little bit straighter which is why I like it for those longer jump butts. gets a little bit more glide to it
2: Yep. yep. Uh,
1: I had a shot I think it was at tax with it where I the only option I had I couldn't throw the forehand I had to do a patent pending backhand and yep. I used that link mm-hmm. and I threw it on a lot of a lot of Annie but I just trusted it and I just like It just it felt good to commit to the Anheuser. And I just kind of threw like a bigger Anheuser and it just like panned over. It didn't turn. It didn't fight out. It just panned. And like I was like, I need to throw this shot more. That was so much fun. Like it was it was so rewarding to execute that shot. And that's what you can get with a beat in baseline putter of your same premium plastic putter that you want to throw. Like yeah. if I wanted to flex out, I'd throw my Lux Link, but exactly. I didn't need yep. it
0: to. Yeah. So it's fun. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, Fingers crossed. I have kind of settled on how I will be putting. I'm going to a finger on the edge, not tucked underneath. Um. I was... I wasn't garbage today so like a step okay. in, a step in the right direction <laughs> let's uh, go
1: one yeah. day at a time
0: yeah for sure um but then this last weekend so those are the new discs i bought those that was my birthday present to myself um and then on Happy saturday birthday. i went to huntington they have a five dollar used disc bin sale and i had some credits built up um let's go so, girl math, I got all these frisbees for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, you like that one?
1: Oh, it kills me.
0: I got five discs for free today. Um, well done. Or on Saturday. Good math. And I'll share it with you. I took a picture and I tried to tease you into it. But first one, I threw it and I had a really good shot. It feels really comfortable. I've never really felt or thrown one. But it in is Terfis? the AT.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Very overstable.
0: But it had turned to it. And also I, it might be because it's it's beat in slightly. But someone's okay. old ace disc. But um <laughs> it feels really comfortable. It's like a deeper rim than a felon. Um, so it feels really comfortable and like flat, but not like board mm-hmm. flat and shallow. So we'll see how it, I I throw it going forward. Cool. Next one is an out-of-production champion spider.
1: Oh, that's sick.
0: And, like, you can't – I don't know if you can see it. There's, like, slight ink fading – not quite swirls, but, like, there's some ink fade in there. Um, okay. I felt this, and I was like, is this a putter because it feels like a putter it does not feel five speed but the the numbers say a five three zero one but out of production champion interesting end of a disc it's a smaller diameter feels just like a putter um slight dome to it but it's a nice it's nice it's fun but for five bucks you can't turn down an out of production in of a disc okay
1: that's really fun. I see a brand new one uh, for 35 bucks online.
0: There you go. So I without could, shipping. I
1: could,
0: I could sell that for 25 right now.
1: Yeah, you could. That's a great find.
0: <laughs> and then you will love this one.
1: Oh, college disc golf. Is that college? a piggy?
0: It is a pig.
1: Hey, let's go. Our
0: pro pig, hardly used. A little dome. No, nope, it's pretty flat.
1: Nice. You yeah, can't
0: pop I, it at all? No. Yeah, I, I I do know pigs sometimes have dome to them. This one has has zero. So it's it's good.
1: Let's go. Pig's I've had great. It, I've had Still them before.
0: Pig. Um 5 bucks you can't, hate, turn, can't turn me. I hate it to
1: give in credit, but the pig is so great.
0: It's good. It's good. They did a good job. Um okay, I have <laughs> I have 2 left do you want that mystery disc last or do you want it right now?
1: Uh, Let's go last.
0: Okay. There was a... This thing looks barely used. It is a Leopard 3. Oh. Color Glow.
1: That's that's pretty. Color
0: Glow Leopard 3. I was like, I didn't... if it was Color Glow, because outside in the sun, like couldn't really tell. But it yeah. felt like it. Like, I see the plastic. I feel it. I'm like, yeah. ah, that feels like Color Glow. So
1: I forgot that you texted me, hey, the disc that I bought that I thought was Color Glow, I just confirmed. It's Color Glow. Hooray. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, sweet. that's <clears throat> way to go.
0: Yeah. So um, Color Glow, baby. Yeah.
1: Fans of our podcast know that we love Color Glow plastic.
0: Yeah. So I'm Some, hoping... Something
1: about that added phosphorus just makes the grip... Just it, better it's
0: good it's good so I, I i haven't really thrown it that often but i'm hoping that could maybe be my straighter fairway um not quite as understable as a mockingbird but not as overstable as my explorers maybe yeah. like my i currently have the centurion in that one but like yeah more options the well, i love fairways so
1: centurions are practically leopards
0: yeah yeah they're so. like
1: Almost the exact same mold. they're meant to be a little more stable. But. Yeah,
0: that's what I figured. So yeah. it feels comfortable. And, and then la-
1: the final disc is an MVP molded factory second.
0: Glow, double glow, Envy.
1: Oh, uh, that's sweet.
0: Double glow, Envy. For yeah.
1: five bucks?
0: Five bucks, baby. Like and You got
1: it for free?
0: Yeah, I got it for free. Like, little scratch here, but like. Look at that math! It's, it's fun. It, it's not as overstable as Brad has been saying like an eclipse envy truly is. I sure. don't know if that's because it's used, um, but it is dead straight and it is very comparable to my reco. Um, well, but, but the, the record, record gets, goes further. It goes way for, like way, way more. Why? I don't know why, why, how, um, I feel like I can throw the Envy harder.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have as much glide.
0: Yeah, and I think it just is because the weight, which doesn't make sense because the MVP says the weight on the outside makes it go further. Hmm. But because I have my proxy that is more stable than that one, still, after all this time I've had it. um, Yeah. I feel like when I don't throw it full power, it goes nowhere. So I think it's a lot of my error of not getting the RPMs on the disc correctly to Mm. actually use that gyro technology. Gotcha. So, yeah, those are my free discs I picked up
1: over the weekend. Yeah. That's fun. Well, we've kind of already spoiled what we're looking forward to this weekend. We got the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship slash finale. Yep. And then I've got my tournament. Is there anything else you're looking forward to this weekend?
0: No, I'm just looking forward to watching disc golf Um, last weekend for a long time. So I'm going to try soak it in, get as much, watch as yeah. much coverage as possible. Um, and then head into the off season. So
1: Well, it's a four round tournament, so yep. we'll get coverage starting tomorrow.
0: Yeah, excited for that.
1: And then uh, I've got something I'm excited for. But I'm going to tease it because I will talk about it in two weeks. Perfect. For what I'm excited about. And Perfect. I don't think you know about it. So
0: Probably not. Sounds good. good. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to This Far. Uh, we appreciate it so much. And we look forward to recapping the Couture finale and talking to you all next week. Love you, down. Peace.